Welcome back, everybody. My name is Ruben Cuevas, host of Gathering Strength, the podcast where we explore the stories and insights that fuel your journey towards mental, physical, spiritual, and because there's nothing free in life, financial growth. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave me a glowing five-star rating, and share a thought in the comments. In today's episode, I have a fascinating guest, Kaywano Sizemore, a young and successful individual dedicated to helping others achieve financial intelligence. We talk about his business, the ways that he generates wealth, and in the course of this podcast episode, I also share some insights into the ways that I have been able to improve my financial situation. And I'm certain that after you listen to this podcast episode, that a seed will be sown into your financial money tree. And with some tender, loving care and cultivation, you'll be able to not only improve your financial situation, but it will reap a bountiful harvest for those who are closest to you. Because we don't want to make all this money just for ourselves. We want to be able to uplift and help other people. Now, before we dive into the conversation, consider a quote by Warren Buffett. He said that the best investment you can make is in yourself. Now, how does Kewano inspire others to make strategic investments in their own personal growth and improve their financial education? Now, as we begin to unfold Kewano's journey, keep in mind the thoughts from Benjamin Franklin. He said that an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. How has he translated knowledge into actionable steps for those seeking financial empowerment? And for those who are eager to gather even more strength to do some real heavy lifting, don't forget to check out my book, Gathering Strength, Everything is Fuel. You can find that on Amazon, available in a paperback as well as e-version. Plus, you're able to explore recommended products through my Amazon affiliate links. You can find that in the show notes as well as all of the contact information to Kwano in the show notes as well. So if you're ready, let's get into it. My conversation with Kwano Sizemore. I'm blessed, never stressed, having a good day. Um, today, I went back to UC Berkeley to speak to some kids about business and about um, you know, how to create a business plan and et cetera. So um, that was good that I was able to go back to where I used to grow up and where I used to walk around and learn. And I was able to uh, be able to basically give back to those kids in the future. So, you know, today was a good day and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for, you know, allowing me to be in your home and allowing me to be here and on your podcast. Um, shout out to Justin. Uh, we call him Justo, you know, um, in my family, but uh, just an amazing dude, someone that's very loyal Someone that's very uh, strong-hearted, man. So shout out to that man. Wonderful. Yeah, before um, I invited you over, I, I gave him a call. I was like, hey, Justin, tell me what you know about this guy, you know, because I'm not just going to allow <laughs> anyone into my house, but he, he vouched for you. And um, so here, here you are, here we are, and we're going to be getting into the finances. So 
primarily on your Instagram, on your social media, it seems like you're all over the place. Mm. It seems like you're all over the place doing a lot of um, conventions. You're meeting a lot of people. You're shaking a, a, a lot of hands. Can you tell me about uh, your journey uh, in the financial world or kind of a little bit about who you are and what you're doing? Phenomenal. Yeah, so I guess my history, um, and I'll tell you a little bit about my story and who I am. So um, I grew up in Oakland, California. Um, so, you know, not far from where we are right now. However, um, growing up, you know, I didn't really get taught a lot about how money works, right? I, you know, something that was really going around in my family is uh, we may not have a lot of money. And something that I learned later on is um, my family had a... Uh, too much month at the end of the money. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was something that I learned later on that I didn't realize um, growing up. But the thing is, is um, I played baseball my whole life and I got the opportunity to get out of Oakland um, and play baseball at a junior college in Santa Clara. Nice. And um, at the age of 19, I was playing baseball full time, uh, going to school full time. And I got the opportunity to learn about a concept that was very foreign to me. Um, mm. and actually there's two concepts that was very foreign to me. And the first concept was making my money work for me. So I didn't have to work for it. Right. And before I learned this, I was always taught that if I wasn't a baseball player in the MLB, I wasn't an artist, I wasn't a celebrity, then I would have to exchange my time for money. Right. Mm. I would have to go work at nine to five, et cetera. Uh, but the second concept that I learned is, how to exchange my skills, knowledge, and value for money instead of my time for money, which will allow me to make a lot more money in a shorter period of time. Yes. Um, because in college, what I used to do is I worked for this company. It was a catering company. And, uh, you know, I, I worked harder than others. I was more competent than others. You know, I'm not bragging or boasting, but, yeah. um, you know, I felt like I should, have getting, I should have gotten paid more for that, right? And when I got into entrepreneurship at the age of 19, and in the first six months of that opportunity, I was making about $1,000 a month, full-time college student. You know, just to me, I was broke as heck at that time. So it was amazing yeah. to be able to make $1,000 a month still playing baseball and whatever. But um, that really kicked it off. And I understood that, okay, I can use my value that I have to, you know, be able to attract money. And that was uh, really my start. And then, um, you know, a few Really, I kind of really failed in that company, but um, I actually gained a lot of success because I learned a lot. And I think that's the real asset of, um, you know, getting into entrepreneurship your first couple of years is that you learn a lot, mm -hmm. you know. And um, about two and a half years or two two years ago, I got into, um, I got, I parted up with uh, someone that my family knew. His name is Benjamin Polanco. Shout out to that man. Um, he actually took me under his wing and educated me a lot about different financial vehicles that I'm learning about now that I'm educating actually others about, about how to build generational wealth with and actually how to, you know, protect your money. And um, actually in these vehicles, you never pay taxes. So, mm. um, you know, it's definitely um, some great information that, um, you know, we can definitely get into in a minute. But, um, you know, speaking about my story, I got into this opportunity and started learning more about like, you know, 401ks, right? The history of 401ks, the history of just economics in America, period. Mm -hmm. Because um, at the age of 19, when I was learning how to make my money work for me, it was really a day training. Mm -hmm. So I was learning how to put money in an account, right? Try to make that money work for me and then be able to withdraw that account. But now it's more of like, okay, how can I utilize 
you know, maybe pieces and bits of money to build and accumulate to larger amounts of money? And or how can I use large amounts of money to actually, you know, duplicate that into, you know, more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So that's really what we've been learning with these different wealth building strategies. And there's a lot more that um, that I can get into. But that's really my story. And that's how I got into entrepreneurship and how I got into finances. And, um, you know, before I didn't really know anything about money until I got until I reached out to external resources. And we were just talking about that, that. Yeah. You know, um, some people don't get that that guidance, and um, I at a young age I didn't get that guidance, so I had to go to external resources to uh, be able to learn this information. Yeah, definitely, we all need to uh, to go outside of ourselves because we're not born with this information, and if if you don't know, you just simply don't know, and you yeah you have you have to learn it from from someone else. Someone else has to take you under the wing. One of the things that I learned about uh, finances was early on with my parents. Um, mm. A wise man can learn from other people's m mistakes. And my parents, they were very uh, impulsive buyers. They would go to the RV dealership mm. and come home with a, a big old RV. And then they would go to the boat dealership and come home with the boat. They would go to the Lexus dealership and come home with two Lexuses. Mm. And then, to make a long story short, uh, their finances were wrecked because of it. Um, the, the economy collapsed back in 2008, and it just wiped out a lot of people's mm -hmm. um, financial stability. Mm -hmm. And my, my parents, they were, they were um, that, that happened to them. And then so, with that, me witnessing all of the financial struggle and the, the hardship that they went through, that really resonated with me. When I was about uh, 17 or 18, I had a, a, a part-time job, and I, I just thought you had to work a wage. And uh, I thought that you had to work a wage or be really talented or be really smart to mm -hmm. start a business, and I wasn't any of that stuff, you know? <laughs> I was more concerned about, hey, let's go out and have fun. Let's go out and meet girls. Let's go out and drink, you know, just do status quo things. So uh, because I was a male doing status quo things, I was a status quo guy just doing regular things. Um, fast forward a little bit, I lost all of my money, I lost my health, lost my mindset, lost my lost, uh, lost everything. The pillars that I talk about in my book and my podcast is um, mental, physical, spiritual, and financial strength. And I was poverty stricken in all of those realms. Um, I was aimless, I had no hope, I was depressed, addicted, just overindulging, just completely just a mess. And then the only thing that really kept me from uh, going into the streets or being in jail or anything like that was, one, I just never got, got caught. <laughs> and then two, I had a loving mother who allowed me to come back into the house until I was able to figure this mm. thing called life out. And then the main thing that really started me to gather my strength was giving myself to 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 god jesus christ mm. and going to the gym so if you put together prayer and push-ups hey uh, there's going to be uh, so many things that can start to cascade and work in your favor to where you're building up your spirit now you're emboldened now you're you are going to be looking for the the brighter realms mm. of certain things you're going to be you are going to be attracted to men who have a have a, a, a glow, someone mm. who's, who's taking care of themselves, someone who is presenting themselves nice. Um, and when you are 
physically healthy, you, you, you take on, you know, you take on kind of a glow. Your, your eyes are awake. You have a shine in your skin. You are, you, you can just tell us as humans, we are attracted to people who take care of themselves. It's just something that we are attracted to. And then so I, my spirit started to become uh, emboldened by the Holy Spirit, started to do those push-ups, started to get transformation in the spiritual realm, the physical realm, and then now my mental realm. Now mm. I'm starting to gain more confidence because that weak, sickly, poverty-stricken person, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, as I mentioned, now I'm starting to see some gains. Now mm. I'm starting to see some strength. And then now I start working, right? Time goes by. Um, I end up getting married, still just working a regular job. I am emboldened spiritually, mentally, physically, and I have a career now where I'm earning some money, I'm saving some money, I'm learning from other people's mistakes, and now I have some money in the bank. Now I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. Now I can go out and get me a wife, right? right. And now I have something to offer someone. Uh -huh. So uh, that was probably like my, my mid-20s, 25, 26, and then I meet my wife, 28, and I feel, you know, confident, once again, emboldened, uh, um, stronger in all of those realms. We end up getting married and still just working, not really paying attention, uh, paying attention to growing my finances in the realm that I've been growing it as of lately. And we will get into that. But I start to earn more money. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I make money. But then I also don't need like the Gucci watches, mm -hmm. the, the latest iPhones. As I mentioned to you before, my, my computer right here, it's 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. That just goes to show. Prior to this TV there, um, so I, I recently bought that, I don't know, maybe like two years ago. But my, my last TV, it was like 12, 13 years old. With the box on the end of with the behind no, no, it? No, no, <laughs> it, 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 it was still flat, but it was like one of the one of the the newer flat screen TVs when those when those gotcha. TVs came out. Mm -hmm. So I have always been like, hey, if it's not broke, I'm not gonna fix it. I'm not gonna go out and buy another one. Right. So having that financial discipline mm -hmm. had led me to accumulate more money. And then that's the car outside. And then so here I am with, with even more money now. And then, so we end up uh, we end up moving in in together, and then we start to we, we we start a family, and then my son is born in 2013, and it's like all right, you know, maybe I, I can use a little bit more money. And the job that I had, I had the luxury of just listening to audiobooks, and mm. I listened to uh, Robert Kiyosaki's mm -hmm. uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Amazing. And. That book resonated with me because it, it turns out that I was doing the poor dad habits. I was, you know, buying the car, you know, I was just spending money on alcohol and just, you know, buying the things that was trying to fill a, a, a hole in, in, in my spirit. And then so I was like, you know, what? let me start moving how a rich dad would do. And then one of the ways that you can earn more money is work another job. Mm -hmm. So I started to ask myself. All right, how do I obtain another job that I'm not gonna hate? And then we ended up get, getting married and my my wedding photographer cost $700. And at that time, that was a lot of money. I was like, wow, $700 just to take photos? And when you think of that, it's like the photographer is not just taking photos, they're bringing a whole skill set to get mm -hmm. you know beautiful photos that are gonna be lasting a couple you know their, their entire lifetime. And so I embark on that. I'm like, I'm gonna buy me a camera. I'm gonna learn this skill and I'm gonna be a wedding photographer on the side. Um, 
fast forward even 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 more. I I I I gain the skills. I embolden myself in the photography world, and I start landing clients at like three thousand, thirty five hundred dollars. You know, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the money's coming in. I would go to I would go to my to my mailbox, and there would be mailbox money. Mm. And I'd open up. I'd open it up. It's like, hey, thirty two hundred dollars for seven hours. Mm. It's like what other industries can provide me that, unless I would have to like go to school. But um, it's like the 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 photos they 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 would speak for themselves. Mm. So as it pertains to earning more money, financial literacy can also be looking at yourself and and seeing, hey, what do I like to do? Mm-hmm. What am I good at? And I was analyzing what a wedding photographer, uh, what what the characteristics are of a good wedding photographer, and it's someone who is personable, someone who who gets along with people, mm. someone who is healthy, because you got to be able to you know mm. uh, keep up with. The crazy cousins mm-hmm. and the the mm-hmm. aunts and the uncles. <laughs> so I was able to earn some money. Uh, I, I bought this house in 2017, and we're, we're going to get into another realm of financial literacy, mm. appreciation. Because mm. I bought this house for six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars in 2017, mm. and now it's like nine hundred something to like one point two million. Mm. So financial literacy, something that I didn't even know existed, was real estate appreciation. Mm. Um, are, are you? Do you? Are you a a homeowner, or do you own own any, own any properties or anything like that? Not right now, but um, it's funny that you say that because I was just talking to a good friend of mine that is a mortgage lender, and mm-hmm. um, we were talking about how can I how I can acquire a home later this year. Nice. So, um, definitely looking to get into some real estate. Um, that is definitely a goal that I want to go start to put my money in and stuff like that but um, nice, as yeah. of right now no real estate all right um so are, are you primarily um, in in stocks or trading or what what what's your 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 your, your forte right now right now um, it's really just my skills is what I'm investing in and I think that um, I I definitely have other um, other assets like uh, life mm-hmm. insurance mm-hmm. I have about you know um, uh, you know couple hundred thousand dollars in, in life insurance that, oh, wow. that I have um, and it's just an asset you know mm. like 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 a stock um, like a money market account would be like a 401k mm. would be mm-hmm. um, and that money is just growing for me and, nice, um, nice. you know so that's really what I have right now as a wealth building vehicle all right um so me being a, a blue-collar worker and uh, so I, I had the side hustle which got me the down payment for the house. And then I, uh, I have the appreciation in the property. And then, um, and then the, the, the mutual funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have your, your Roth IRA or yep. your, your traditional IRA. Yes, sir. You have your mutual funds, mm-hmm. your stocks, your dividends, your compounding interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then taking another uh, tip from Robert Kiyosaki is cash flowing real estate. Yes, sir. So I got this house, saved up some more money just because of my financial discipline and my, my financial um, be- behaviors. You know, I, I like... I like nice things, but I don't need them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm so thankful that I'm not a a, a, a car guy. Yeah. <laughs> because cars in it twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars for for a car. It's like I would rather have a cash flowing real estate. So I accumulated some more money uh, by just as I mentioned um, through the financial behaviors. 
Um, and I purchased a second house in Las Vegas, mm. where now I'm getting, uh, I'm a landlord, and now I have the tenant who is paying the rent mm-hmm. plus more. Like, for example, the, the mortgage is like 300 bucks, but I'm renting it out for 1300 So that is cash flow. Right. I'm getting that every single month. Right. And that is a position, mm-hmm. a financial... Uh, a financial intelligent move that is applicable to anyone who wants to save their money. Mm-hmm. Don't buy the Tesla. Mm-hmm. Don't buy the $80,000 <laughs> truck. Yes, sir. You can, but guess what? That $80,000 truck in five, six, seven years is going to be worth what? I don't know. 60, mm-hmm. uh, third, I, I don't know. It's not going to be worth $80,000. Now, guess all. what? My Las Vegas property, I bought that for $115,000. Now it's $200,000. So I have the appreciation there. And I'm just a regular guy. I'm not the the brightest. I'm not the smartest. I never went to college. Never Mm. did any of that shit other than (laughs) apply the basic financial literacy techniques that was given to me by someone smarter than myself mm. robert kiyosaki my mentor i never met the guy but i am his apprentice yes, sir. and with the wisdom that he bestowed on the world because his book is available for anyone the wisdom that he bestowed on me was hey the stuff that i was doing was poor dad stuff because i could have went out and bought a mm. eighty thousand dollar truck mm-hmm. and you know uh, whatever else goes along with balling out, right. I, I could have did that, but now I've got two houses. I, I applied Dave Ramsey's financial uh, financial literacy and his financial freedom, and now I have cash in mutual funds, uh, stocks. He doesn't promote stocks, but mutual funds, and now I have compounding growth where it's like over the next 20 years, it's just going to be stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking. And it doesn't take anything other than knowing that compounding interest is open for you, for me, for everyone. Uh, cash flowing real estate is open for everyone. Um, stocks, appreciation, all that stuff is. But it's just going to take you having to learn something and then having to stop those impulses to try to ball out. Hmm. Um, have you ever read the book, uh, The Psychology of, of Money? I have not read that book. But, um, I, I would recommend that one. That one's huge. Hmm. And he talks about um, he talks about how f- in the financial world, the financial world is the only industry where an average guy like myself can out earn someone who went to college and mm-hmm. studied econ, who has their business, who has all of these things. Like for example, in the medical world, I will never be able to outperform a, a doctor. Mm. I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't know anything about the brain. You, you need skills and you need credentials. You need all that. I'm not gonna be able to outcook a chef, no matter how good my, my <laughs> I, I claim my grilled cheeses. Right. I'm not gonna be able to outrun um, a, a runner. I'm not gonna be able to, to beat Kobe Bryant in a, well, he, he's, he's dead, but um, I'm not gonna be able to beat uh, Stephen Curry. I'm not gonna be able to beat a lawyer in a court case. I'm not gonna be able to do any of that. But I can outperform someone in the financial industry because of behavior. Mm. Now, he, he talked about uh, Bernie Madoff. Bertie Madoff, at the time that he started the Ponzi scheme, he already had $60 million. So now imagine being a man with $60 million with a business, but still in your heart, you want more. Mm. So because he had greed in his heart, he started 
the Ponzi scheme and he, he made like billions of dollars, but it was false. It was a scheme. And he ended up losing it all. It, the, his, his financial house of cards came tumbling down during the financial crisis. And he ended up getting busted. And he's doing a, a life sentence mm. in prison because of his financial scheme. And so now he has no money. But he was more educated than, than me. He was more, um, more educated. Greatly more educated. He had resources. He had all these people around him who were going to support whatever business endeavor that he wanted to do. But he went the greed way mm. because of the greed in, in his heart, and he lost it all. Now, Ronald Reed, mm -hmm. a humble janitor. Uh, he lived frugally, and he talks about this in, in the book. Ronald Reed, a humble janitor, made a meagerly jan janitor wage, but he did it for like 60 years. He was a janitor in his 20s mm. and all the way into like his 60s. But he died with $8 million in his mm. bank because he invested it in growth mutual funds rather than going on vacation to the Bahamas or driving a, a Tesla, he would go to the park and he'd read a book and he'd get you know a, a, a simple black, black coffee. He, he would go for walks. He found joy and pleasure in doing simple things. Mm. He didn't need all of the fancy things that advertisements, the world says that you need to be happy. Right. You know, the, the Apple phone, um, uh, these advertisements, they spend billions of dollars to get your money. Right. They, wa they, want, they want to put into your head that, hey, you, you're unfulfilled. You'd be so much more happier with this. It's only $40, right. you know, or for, for, you know, five easy payments of $2.99, you can pay this off, you know, but hey, we're going to hit you with the 20% interest. And mm -hmm. people, they, they, they don't have the discipline to be like, oh, I see what you're doing, mm -hmm. but I want it anyways. So that has to, a lot to do with your financial overall well-being is your ability, one, to know about investing and all of the things that I just mentioned, and two, to be able to stop yourself from doing dumb shit with your money, right. trying to keep up with, you know, uh, Takashi 6ix9ine or the, <laughs> the, the, the Island Boys or whatever, right. you know. And so this house, I, I could do, renovate everything and buy, buy another house. But it's like, dude, a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. Find joy in this couch. I could have, you know, a $3,000 leather couch. Right. But I got kids who are going to be coming with greasy ass hands <laughs> and jumping all over everything. This couch is totally fine. I, I agree. I would rather have the comfortable. I'd rather have the money in the bank for a, a, a financial storm. Mm. That's going to make, make me feel much better. 100%. And the kids can jump on it and do whatever they want to. Yes, sir. What is your perspective on 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 everything that that i just said <laughs> that's a great question man um there's a lot to unfold however um <laughs> i do agree with you that um the things that you did not buy are a hundred percent um valid because they're liabilities not assets mm -hmm. as you learned in robert kiyosaki's books he you know i didn't read um the psychology of money i do i am very familiar with that book but i have not read it yet but i've read Robert Kiyosaki's um, mm -hmm. Rich Dad Poor Dad plenty of times. Yeah. So um, definitely very familiar with um, don't buy assets or excuse me, don't buy liabilities. You want to buy assets, right? Yeah. And what assets are is something that puts money in your pocket. Doesn't It's not something that takes money out of your pocket. There you go. And um, right now, you know, I'm only 24 years old. So, um, you know, I guess this is for people that's, you know, 20s to 30s is um, 
in reality right now you have to grow your skills yeah. right not your investments as a young individual right mm-hmm. i'm a firm believer mm-hmm. that if you grow your skills first you there can you make a hell of a lot more money in a shorter yeah, period of yeah, time yeah. and then you use that money to reinvest and to grow that and to grow mm-hmm. your wealth but some people you know it, it worked for some people right a small for a small majority of people but um you know more people should start to focusing on their skills and i like what you say you say um, you know, what do I like doing? What am I good at? And there's three criteria to finding out what your primary skill is so you can actually start to monetize that, right? Yeah. And the first one is what do you love to do, right? Simply, what do you love to do, right? Like, you know, who do you love to do it with? Where do you love to do it at, et cetera, right? And mm-hmm. then simply, do you think that you can be the best at it, right? So like, for instance, I I love leading people. I love educating people. And I think that I can be one of the best leaders in the world. And, um, you know, is there a need for it? And I think that there is a need for it. I just was talking to some kids and these kids had no direction. They had no inspiration in them. You can look them dead in the face and they didn't know what the hell was going on, Mm -hmm. you know? And the fact that, you know, I commend you because you are actually inspiring your kids and your family to do something greater with their lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that is what leadership is all about is being able to inspire others. But back to the finance, the finances, um, you know, you should definitely be reinvesting into yourself. I I 100% agree with that. Now, I definitely do think that people need a more diversified um, portfolio, right? I'm not a financial advisor or anything like that, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good things with mutual funds and 401ks and all those good investments, but there's a lot of bad things that I've learned in the past two years um, learning about these, right? High fees that they don't disclose about or that they that, that are disclosed, right? So they don't tell you about these fees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, a lot of people that's listening in that have a 401k or that have, you know, their company matching them on a 401k. They're not matching you 100%, okay? So if you don't believe me, go call your HR, okay? And they'll tell you that they're only matching you about a 6% or um, an 18% or something like that, right? Um, so um, that's one thing to look in, right? So I'm not a big believer in 401ks or anything like that or even Roth IRAs because, you know, they're they're taking a lot of... The institutions that's offering you these, mm-hmm. right? They're taking a lot of money from your money, mm-hmm. right? Whether you win or lose, mm-hmm. right? And the second thing is... Um, you know, the matches is just a tax write-off for the corporation and then the individual is taking on the tax, the tax contribution. Well, you have to pay taxes on that money later on in life, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are just two ma- major things that I find wrong with investing in mutual funds and, you know, stuff like that. However, I do, you know, Jay Ramsey is a um, well-known individual, right? But, you know, if you follow Robert Kiyosaki, um, like I do, I follow Robert Se- Robert Siyosaki, like you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really follow what Dave Ramsey says or anything like Nuh-uh. that, you know. And I think that's something to really pay attention to. I'm not saying that Dave Ramsey is wrong in any case, but I'm saying that it's important to pay attention people's viewpoints and people's ideas on how they have of other people's ideas, right? Yeah. Because I'm, you know. Robert Kiyosaki is what billions yeah. maybe right? We don't even know, but you know. Yeah, there is a um, a philosopher. His name is Aristotle, and he mm. has something called the golden mean. Mm. And what that means is to identify the the fringes on both sides. So, for example, um, as it pertains to uh, Ramsey and Kiyosaki, 
Ramsey is going to be on this side, mm-hmm. Kiyosaki is going to be on this side, is is important to learn from both. Yes, sir. And then, hey, you know, more than likely, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, which is going to be that di- diversified mm-hmm. portfolio. Uh, the main thing is is learning what is out there so that you can be led by your spirit to where you feel comfortable taking that that calculated risk because you are going to have to take that 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 calculated risk unless you you know of another way of investing your money without any risk do you do you do you know of any yes i actually do um there are different vehicles that are out there um that allowed you to make your money work for you like it was in a stock market but the thing is is that it's not in the stock market particularly so you're not at risk Mm -hmm. so um basically i want you to think about this you know how some most people that that do try to invest their money they're either scared of losing it yeah they don't know what the hell to Mm -hmm. even invest in yeah and um you know, with uh, with my agency, Connect Agency, we help people with wealth building vehicles and understanding um, different vehicles on how to never lose money, never pay taxes because of a tax code seven seven zero two a, and actually to become your own bank utilizing mm-hmm. some utilizing a um, index universal life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So, um, what this index universal life insurance policy is is simply a indexing component that's attached to a life insurance policy so this indexing component allows you to participate in the market gains but when the market stays flat or excuse me when the market drops your money stays flat so you don't take any losses and how Mm -hmm. this works is insurance companies they invest their profits into the market and they credit your money that's like in a pool just sitting in a pool right Mm -hmm. and they credit your money and basically how the insurance companies make money is, you know, on some of the indexes, there may be a cap at like 12%. And let's say the, the S&P 500 does 15%. Mm-hmm. You know, the insurance company keeps thir- keeps a 3%, right? But in, mm-hmm. in certain companies, it's different. Um, but in, in the companies that I am partnered with, um, we actually have an index that I really love a lot. And I, li- I like to talk about this a lot because when I was trading, um, you know, you only had a 100% participation rate. Whatever you put in is what you got out. But... Um, in this index, it's called a Barclays Index, right? So one of the largest, oldest banks in the world. Um, whatever the Barclays banks do, we're going to double that. So let's say they did 15%. Mm-hmm. People that have money in these accounts are going to do 30%. Mm. So this is a way of how we help people never lose money. And, um, you know, in this, in this specific account, um, an IUL, you never have to pay taxes on the contributions or the money that you pull out or anything like that. What um, what have been some of the or what has been some of the return on your investments like percentage wise, uh, you know, like over since we just went through uh, 2023? Uh, can you talk about some of the 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 return on investments that you have gained um, received for yourself? Yes, sir. So I just had my IUL, I would say for the last like February 2022. So um, over the year, I've looked into my IUL, right? And it's mm-hmm. basically saying that I've gained that year, it was about 8 to 9% on that year. So just in one year, mm-hmm. you know, putting money in on a month-to-month basis, mm-hmm. my money has been able to make about 9% on that year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, I have a lot of other clients and I had a lot of you know, people that has taken me under the wings that have told me a little bit about their clients and stuff like that. And on mm-hmm. average, it seems about that we help people earn between eight to, you know, 
ten percent on their money mm-hmm. because you know people are never taking losses or anything like that. Yeah. So um, you know, there's different concepts that we utilize to help people build wealth with this. Um, like for instance, um, there is indexes that we utilize where you can. It's basically like a retirement account. But it's mm-hmm. an indexing component attached to it, right? And I've seen on these illustrations where, you know, people are gaining 24% on a year or, you know, 30% on a year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just um, crazy to think about that, you know, you can gain this type of money and not have to risk your money. Interesting. Um, what? So why do you feel the need to to help others like what what where's that energy coming from why not uh you know just go about your business make your money and uh go have a beer after after your your hard work where why why do you feel the need to want to help others Mm, that's a good question before i get into my specifics i do you know people uh, you know when you said that um you know go about your business um and just go get a beer and stuff like that and that kind of struck you know, strike me a little bit because um, I used to get asked that a lot, right? Oh, why don't you just, you know, I, I see, you know, because, you know, I used to tell people how much money I make and all this stuff and it was crazy, but um, they like, well, okay, if you're making all this money, why do you have to teach other people, et cetera? If you're trying to, if you're building wealth by yourself, like, why do you have to teach others, right? But mm-hmm. it's the fact that, um, well, one, those people that say that, right, are really just selfish <laughs> mm-hmm. and they, I think that they're just scared, of being able to be seen by others in the other light of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe looked at in a different way if they do fail. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing is, um, I remember growing up and I wish I had the information that I had now. Like I wish my parents knew what I know now about money. I yeah. wish, you know, my family were more, more strong when it came to financial literacy and when it came to understanding how you can make that money work for them. And, you know, um, I see it now where I'm able to educate other people and help their family, right? So it's like, okay, and that makes me feel good because, like, I can go ahead and make an impact on the world. And I think that's the big reason because even, like, right now, you know, you talk about fitness and stuff like that. You know, my my mother and father, um, they not really that in shape you know but because Mm -hmm. of me and me showing up every day showing showing them by example of you know um help teaching them more about like how money how money works right how to make their money work for you how to Mm -hmm. exchange your value skills and knowledge for money instead of time for money um and actually being fit being in the gym consistently has been able to help them now they want to go ahead and buy a house now they want to go ahead and make their money work for them now they want to go ahead Mm -hmm. and stay in the gym you know, on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, um, when I'm out here in Oakland, um, because I live in Sacramento, um, you know, we wake up in the morning and we go to the gym and I go to the gym with my parents and my little brother. And it's just a good, good yeah. feeling that I can set the example for them. Yeah. Uh, there is another, uh, philosopher, his name Seneca lived over uh, 2000 years ago and he, um, he had a pen pal, his name, um, his pen pal buddy's name was Lucilius. And one, in one of his letters, Lucilius just happened to keep his letters like mm. they were pen pals back in the days and they, you know the the letters because it was such a hard thing to do you had to you know sit down and write a letter <laughs> you had to you know dip the damn mm. feather in, in the ink and write it and then s- send it uh, I don't know so you had to give it to some guy and then he had to go travel you know 100 miles 
Yeah, or however. <laughs> so uh, Lucilius kept all of his letters and um, he compiled them into a book, or at some point they were compiled into a book, and the book is called Letters of a Stoic. Mm. But um, Letters it, of a Stoic. Yeah, uh, in one of his letters, he said to um, Lucilius that we ch- we treat the body rigorously so that it does not succumb to the mind. Mm. So when you when you are exerting yourself you know in the morning when you're doing your workouts you have like there's so many other things that you could be doing you could just be chilling you could just be lying in the bed you could Mm -hmm. just be netflix and but there's strength to be gained Mm. and you know we're not made to just be comfortable we're made to uh to learn about the world to solve problems we're not only made to solve problems we're also made to help other people solve their problems because the problems that we have learned or the solutions that we have learned from other people, you had mentioned that uh, it is, is, is kind of messed up for people to keep that knowledge to themselves. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of like a, a hoarder, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just take all this stuff and you just keep it in your house and you don't, you don't let anyone see or you don't share any secrets because, you know, there's probably a, a bunch of different reasons. But that person who's not sharing the knowledge what if the people that was in that person's life didn't share any of that knowledge? Mm. What if no one shared the secrets of success? What if what if no one shared? What if the cavemen back in the day didn't show uh, show the other cavemen how to how to how to make a fire? Mm-hmm. You know, what if he didn't show him that logs were good for rolling stuff? You know, uh-huh. what if the the Indians didn't show uh, their, their their tribe how to make a canoe out of a log or mm. the bow and arrow or how to make arrowheads? Like we would not be where we're at today unless we collectively come together Mm. to solve these problems Mm. help each other solve these problems because guess why a rising tide raises all boats when you're doing good Mm. your family's going to be doing good when your family's doing good the people who are connected to them are going to be doing good if they share their knowledge if they're just you know like hey sucks to be you over there (laughs) you know I, i don't think that that is morally right if you are in a position to help someone, help them mm-hmm. mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, and everything else is going to be a byproduct of those things being strengthened. Um, where, where, where do you see yourself in the next three months, year, five years? Where, where, where are you going with the knowledge that you are currently um, taking in? That's amazing. That's a great question. Um, I like that. Rising tide rises all boats. A rising tide raises all boats. Raises all boats. Yeah. I love that. that yeah. and, and your perspective on um, collectively solving problems, that's a great perspective. I never mm-hmm. thought of it like that. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's amazing. Um, so next three months was today, let's just call it February, March, April. Um, March and April, um, you know, definitely just have some more collaborations to do, some more partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, um, I'm developing a lot of agents in my agency to go ahead and actually help other people with wealth building strategies and help other people develop their skills, knowledge, and value to help them make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, it's really just developing those people. Um, and income is uh, about, you know, the goal in revenue is about $600,000 this year. That's the goal. Um, so you you are trying to to accumulate six hundred thousand dollars for yourself this in, year in income, yes sir. Jeez, yes, just sir. you by yourself or your company or well, just the just the business itself, mm-hmm. yeah. So like you know, um, 
So mm-hmm. at, at at the end of the year, you want to have six hundred thousand dollars in your personal and my personal checking. Yes. Wow. Sir. Yes, sir. Hey, that. Yeah, just show me, show, show me the way. <laughs> yeah, sirs. You know, it's really just, it's really just finding that skill. You know, and um, really specifying that skill as much as possible because you know, specialists make all the money, not generalists. You know, mm. it, general people that do things generally don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So right now, you got to figure out what's a skill that you can develop that you can monetize to other. Remember, what do you love to do? Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think can you can you be the best at it and is there a need for it right mm-hmm. and uh, I I found a skill where I'm a firm believer where I can lead and cast a vision that's appealing and attracting where people can follow that that vision and I can help people or I can develop people and develop their skills and knowledge and value to be able to obtain that vision Do, do you need to be the best or do you need to do your best and be your best? Do you need to manifest your best version or do you need to absolutely be the Kobe Bryant and the LeBron James of of whatever industry that you're in? That's a great question. To start, I don't think you need to be be the best. You don't need to be the best to start, but you need to start to be the best. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, right now, you know, um, Brian Tracy talks about this a lot um, in the 10 keys to success, the the 10 C's to success. He talks about people that make it big want to be excellent in their field, right? So I don't think that you need to be the best to start, but you need mm-hmm. to make a decision that you want to be excellent in your field. So like right now, like I want to be excellent. I want to be one of the best leaders mm-hmm. in the world. So what am I going to study? I'm going to sp- study sales, leaderships, right? Other stuff, you know, not really managing people, but coaching people, how to develop people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, human nature, stuff like that, right? So, you know, um, it's not necessarily that you have to be the best, mm-hmm. but if you want to make big things happen, you have to be. You have to at least make a decision to become the best. So, like, I believe that big results require big actions, mm-hmm. and you're only going to get big results with big actions. So. That's a, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, so I, I, I don't want to gloss over your goal of uh, acquiring $600,000 by the end of this year. Um, because one, I've never met anyone who has made $600,000 in one year. Two, I've never met a 24-year-old <laughs> with that goal. Um, you know, we all can wish upon a star, but you are a man with a plan, a course of action. Uh, you, you have the vision um, Henry Ford said that whether you believe you, whether you believe you can or can't, you're mm. you're right. Yes, sir. Um, so having said that, primarily, is this six hundred thousand dollars? Is it going to be coming from coaching? Is it going to be coming from a return on investment? Is it going to be coming from sales? Is it going to be coming from teaching? Where where do you see that uh, that that money coming in from? The $600,000 is definitely going to come from the agency itself, right? So I'm... What, what, is, what is the name of your, your, your agency? Connect Agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so connect you to desires, connect you to potential, connect you to wealth. Um, mm-hmm. that's, what we, that's what we stand by. Um, so mm-hmm. basically what we do is we, like, we help people with well-building strategies and help clients go ahead and uh, find their different strategy that works for them. And, you know, for people that want to come in and start a career and actually go ahead and um, make their money work for them and learn about that and actually 
learn how they can, you know, utilize their skills and talents to actually make more money. Um, instead of exchanging their time for money, they can do that as well. But um, I've, we just launched the the agency or Connect Media where we're actually helping people structure their brand, have a more appealing brand and more appealing content uh, content through um, better better content creation. So like all you got to do is record and we'll take care of everything else. Mm, wow. Interesting, man. You know, and so is this primarily online or, you know, yes. like, 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 so, so say if I was to log into your website and go through the, you know, fill out all of my data, what's going to be the next step? Who, who what's the first course of action for someone who's going to be part going down that road of, hmm. of, uh, facilitating your, your services phenomenal phenomenal you could either follow me on instagram at k10 sizemore um tiktok k10 sizemore instagram is k1 or excuse me twitter is k10 sizemore um and we can definitely talk to there um or mm-hmm. you can go to www.connectisd.com um, and you can go ahead and look at the website see a little bit more in detail about what we do how we help people right now um, we are having a new website constructed, so don't judge the website right now. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think you guys are going to like the website coming up. But, um, yeah, we can definitely get in contact through social media or anything like that, and I can definitely assist you um, in a timely, timely manner. Yeah, um, I would definitely uh, leave all, the, all of the links to connect with you in the show notes. Um, aside from your financial goals, do um, you have any mental physical, spiritual goals for yourself that you are setting on? How do you fortify your mind to to have the discipline to obtain that financial goal? Hmm. That's, a, that's a good question. Um, amateurs care about their feelings. Professionals don't, mm-hmm. you know. And um, as much as sometimes I may not feel like doing something, yeah, you got to do it anyway. And I'm not saying that I do it every time, yeah. right, you know, but times where i may feel like not doing something but i gotta do it so we gotta make this we gotta get this goal done you know Mm -hmm. and um there's something that my coach teaches me coach michael burt um he teaches mind body heart spirit so the mind is the knowledge that you get Mm -hmm. right the body is the skills that you obtain and your heart is basically your dang it your heart is basically your passion and then your spirit is your confidence, right? So with all these, if you can work on all four of these parts of your of your you know life, mm-hmm. I think that will help you with the discipline. But um, uh, yeah, I'm a firm believer that you know feelings is feelings is for the weak, you know. And um, sometimes you know, a lot of people get mad when I say this, but um, you know, feelings aren't really real. You know, you can definitely override your feelings and. Um, you know, I think that that's where people really stop themselves. Is they get in their self, they get in their own way. Yeah. Uh, because of feeling. So, uh, you had mentioned a, a word, passion. Uh, the Latin root word for passion is to to suffer. Mm. The, the passion of the Christ. He was mm. willing to suffer for the world. Um, so, when you say you are passionate about something, you are saying, "Hey, I'm willing to suffer for mm. this." You're passionate. Um, you're you're. Let, let's say you're passionate. Um about drawing you're willing to sacrifice time and suffer through you know the the scrupulousness of putting pen or Mm -hmm. whatever your 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 art is so um i'm I'm passionate about fitness and i'm willing to suffer through that because i could just kick back and chill and stay in the bed but i know that 
it is strengthening me so that when adversity strikes, if I fall down or if I'm confronted with having to, having to, to protect my family, I'm going to be more confident because I know that I'm going to have the agility, the strength, the physical prowess to, uh, to stand up and protect them. And I believe that it is a, a moral obligation for any father to be able to per, protect not only himself, but his family mm-hmm. or, and whoever, whoever he's with. 100%. Um, so that is, so you're willing to suffer for your financial stability, mm. uh, not not only your financial stability, but um, you know the, the 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 financial growth. Now, so check this out. Um, the year 2023 just recently ended, mm. and I did. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie this all into the last quote, like one mm-hmm. of the last quotes that I I heard, and it, it it really resonated with me. In the in the year 2023, I ran two marathons. I did an ultra marathon. I did an Ironman. Mm. I wrote a book, and I made um like 250 40 something podcast episodes. Amazing. And then when my book got published, now. All of those things, they all brought me joy. It, like mm-hmm. I was like, all right, did a marathon, PR, did, did a personal best, uh, mm-hmm. uh, triathlon, you know, 140.6 miles. All right, good, great. <sighs> and then, so all of that, it was good to cross that finish line. And when the end of the year came, I heard this quote. It said that, uh, I, I forget what page it was on, but he said that everything that you have at some point before you had it, you desired it and it because you thought that it would bring you happiness but you know look at you you're you're not right. you're not happy <laughs> happiness is fleeting you know so the the goal or the higher feeling is purpose is the journey is the continuous relentless pursuit your passionate pursuit to get the goal now when you get the $600,000 you know how that's going to feel it's gonna feel how you're feeling right, right now. now yeah. You know, you, you might have on a little bit more clothes, but so whether you have six hundred thousand dollars or five hundred million dollars, you're gonna feel how you feel right now. Mm. So don't lose yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and don't don't sell your soul. Mm. Don't um, don't crush relationships that are you know. Don't sell. Don't slap your mom in the face for it. <laughs> Not don't at all. don't break your father's heart. <laughs> don't uh, don't do any of the things that are going to be preventing you from having a clear, clean, uh, clean conscience because when I analyze my life, I'm like, you know, more money, yeah, that, that would be great, but mm-hmm. I, I thought the marathons, I, I thought that was going to make me happy. It, the purpose and striving made me happy, but it's like, all right, I crossed the finish line, what next? Mm. You know, so there's always going to be like a what next type deal. So I don't know how much money is, is, is going to make you happy. Well, I mean, I'm happy now. I've been happy broke, you know, so, (laughs) you know, I don't really think it's a, you know, um, I don't really look at money as happiness, you know, Um, Mm. I look at money as a tool to be able to do whatever I really want to do, you know, Mm. um, because what I I really want to do is I really just want to travel the world, be able to give my family what I didn't have. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make it easy for my family, (laughs) but I do want to be able to give back to my family and be able to uh, impact the world, you know, uh, give back to my community, right? Oakland is a shithole right now, you Man, know, right. so uh, we, maybe maybe we can rebuild Oakland, right, mm. with the type of impact that I have. Uh, but I back to happiness, I'm a firm believer that 
happiness comes from people that are working towards a a worthy idea, mm-hmm. right? Um, whatever that is to you, whatever the worthy idea is to you, and you're working towards it because humans are goal oriented creatures. Yeah. So the thing is, if you're not working towards a goal that you think is doable, right, you're never gonna be happy. Yeah. You know, um, like right now. What really makes me happy, you know, even though it pisses me off, is golf. Right? I got into golf recently in the last six months, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm I'm passionate about it because I'm struggling trying to get better. Mm. But uh, you know, I'm I'm happy all the time going there because it's, it's very peaceful nature, right? But yeah. it, you know, it pisses me off because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I get I get mad, you know, trying mm. to you know uh, do better. But uh, but yeah, happiness is really just a uh, something you you be where your feet is be where your feet is and just be grateful and that happiness will come there, there's a, a psychological phenomenon it is called hedonic adaptation mm. and what that means is that there's never going to be one crowning mo- moment of glory that's going to make you happy forever mm. there's and there's uh, on on the flip side there's never going to be one devastating thing that is going to make you sad forever right so you're going to feel the highs when, when they come, and you're, you are going to feel the lows, but your baseline of happiness is always going to be how you're feeling right now. And a lot of people, they, they try to buy and buy their, their, their happiness, so they always spend all of their money. Right. You know, like, hey, I want to be happy, so I need to have the latest everything. You know, I need to have the, the, the car, vacations, this and that. But when you can... Um, when you can learn about things like, for example, hedonic adaptation, know that you know you were you were going to buy that car, the shine's going to wear off, mm-hmm. and you're going to feel exactly how mm-hmm. you were prior to buying it. Mm-hmm. So you had said to be happy right where your two feet are. Mm-hmm. Your two feet are right there on the couch. You can be happy just right there mm-hmm. and just being who you are. Like you don't need to have all of those things. What you need to have is big lofty goals and Mm -hmm. the courage and the strength to go out and get after it because if you don't have those goals um then it's like if you have no goals then you have no aim Mm. and if you have no aim you are aimless Mm -hmm. how do you structure your day so that the things Mm. that you do are going to lead you to success to get Mm. that six hundred thousand dollars um I don't know. Can you can you walk me through your day? Definitely, definitely. So, um, I plan my day the night before, right before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, every night. How many hours of sleep do you get? Between six to eight. I try to get at least All six right. to eight. Maybe yeah. maybe five if I'm really working on if I'm really busy. But um, I try to get as much sleep as possible. I'll be honest. You know, sleep is very vital to me. Yeah. Um, I think it's very vital to everybody. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know plan my day out the day before and in the morning what i've really started doing is i started planning my a to b and what that is is a is where i am right now mm-hmm. right and b is where i want to go mm-hmm. and b is basically like the outcome and in the middle is who who and what excuse me who and what do i need to get to that b because it's not most of the time it's not what you need is who do you need to get you to that next mm-hmm. level so um when I look at my B, it's okay, you know, for instance, okay, if I want to make $600,000 in a year, how much money do I need to make on a day-to-day basis, right? So right now, it's $1,643 a day that I need to be making in sales and marketing, right? Whatever, whatever and I need to be making in my business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
then you know I figure out okay what are the top 20% of actions that I need to do because the 20-80 rule right you know 20% of the actions that you do will amount to 80% of the value that you acquire yeah that that's called the the Pareto principle the Pareto principle and yep. then uh, biblically speaking that is the the Matthew effect the, exactly yeah. right so I, that's that's how I know it the Pareto the pra- say it again Pareto principle Pareto principle yeah that's how I know it so you know 20% of the actions that I do I try to focus on those every day and then you know then I go into other things so you know then I go into things that may not be bringing me as much money as other things that but maybe it may not be a return on investment but it can be a return on objective or it can be a return on energy right so maybe not everything that you do in your business have to be a re- ROI but it's going to be a ROE right or mm-hmm. ROO return on objective or return on energy mm-hmm. so that's how I see it so plan your day the day before every day and then in the morning write out your goals for the day, write out your goals for the year, right? And then you you that what what that will do is activate something called a prey drive. Right? And what a prey drive is is simply their your instinct to pursue. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you look at a dog or if you look at a wolf, right? You know, that's how you want to be. You want to be going after your goals as if a wolf or a dog is going hungry. after their prey, hungry. hungry yeah. Like nothing's stopping them. Yeah. Right? And that's how you want to be and every every morning you want to activate that prey drive. By planning out your, really writing out your goals and having that vision, okay? Because, you know, if you can see it, you can achieve it. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I really do. You know, um, the, the subtitle of my book is called Everything is Fuel. And you said that you have to be hungry, mm-hmm. you know? So when you, when you can use everything as fuel, it's like, man, you're always hungry. Yep. You know, so they, uh, I, I, I don't care what happens, whether it's rainy, sunny, uh, cloudy, uh, this or that, it's like I'm just gonna use it all as fuel, and I'm gonna get to my objective. Um, there is a power word that I, I I really started to focus on. It was uh, the it was my word of the year 2022. Mm. I, I actually have words of the year, I right? Love that. So uh, the word was superfluous, mm. and the definition of superfluous is uh, it is extra but unnecessary. Mm, superfluous. So, so when you can identify superfluous things in your life, you are identifying things that are extra and unnecessary. It's mm. not needed. So now that you know the superfluous things in your life, you can devote that time that you were given to superfluous things and mm. devote that time into the vital mm-hmm. and necessary. Mm-hmm. And that is just how you um, you really start to take that 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 power back mm-hmm. from the superfluous and give it to the vital and necessary. And the vital and necessary things is going to be that twenty percent exactly. that uh, really gets you to where you exactly. you want to go. Exactly. Um. So don't let who you are today stop you from becoming the person who you mm. could become. Because mm-hmm. who you could become is smarter, is stronger, is faster, is better looking, yes, it is just more money. <laughs> yes, so that, yeah, who you are today is is cool, but who you could be is going to be even better. Exactly. That, that's my son right here and his buddy, Yes, sir. What's Michael. going on, young man? How you doing? Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, this is uh, Kaywano. K- yes, sir. Kaywano. Kaywano. Uh, that, that's my son, Lucas and Michael. What's your name? Lucas. Lucas? Uh-huh. Michael. Pleasure to meet you, young man. How you guys doing? Good. You guys just got done playing some Basketball. sports? Basketball. I love it. I played basketball in high school. 
this is superfluous right now. This is extra. <laughs> this is unnecessary. It is not needed. It's not getting me to the goal. It's not. I need, uh, I, hey, all right, I, heard that. I need to focus on the vital and necessary. Yes, sir. Because otherwise, what am I doing? I'm living a life filled with superfluousness. Uh-huh. So um, I, I, I love uh, power words because um, they really they, they set, set you straight. Uh, sure. There's a book, uh, George Orwell, he wrote a book, 1984, and in that book, uh, is it, there's a strict government, and the government is a tyrannical, uh, oppressive government, and they implement something called newspeak, mm. and in the language of newspeak, they start to dumb down the language, so they start to take out um, words such as freedom, and now, because the citizens they are a abiding citizens they're mm-hmm. like oh so we can't say freedom anymore mm. and then they start taking away more language responsibility mm. bravery courage all of that starts to be out of their 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 lexicon so therefore if freedom is removed from your vocabulary mm-hmm. you don't even know when it's taken away from you mm-hmm. so uh, time goes by, and the 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 citizens abide by it even more. The government becomes more oppressive, and guess what? The next generation, they don't even know what freedom is, uh, and that is the same reason why the slave master didn't want the slaves to learn how to read mm-hmm. because he didn't want them to learn about freedom exactly. and love and e- equality. The slave master just wanted his body mm-hmm. and not his mind. Mm-hmm. Because, man, when you start to learn, you start to open up new realms, yep. you know? So that was the main overall objective of this podcast today was to open up the realm of financial independence, financial growth, learn about some some dividends, some mm-hmm. real estate, uh, some cash flowing, and the, the financial growth that your business has to offer So. Do you have any final words of wisdom uh, that, that you would like to impart on the listeners bef- before we draw the curtain closed? Who you are today is not the person you, you have to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You can change your life, but you have to change the things in your life to be able to change your life, essentially. So um, stay blessed, never stressed. Keep working to your goals. There you are. Um, don't focus on your feelings because only amateurs care about your feelings. Okay. And focus on your primary skill because your primary skill will help you make a hell of a lot more, hell of a lot more money because specialists make the most money, not generalists. Nice. Wonderfully said. Um, here, here's one more for you is written uh, by Jordan Peterson, a brilliant Mm. mind. He's a Harvard psychologist and a a clinical, uh, uh, clinical psychologist for like the last 30 years. And he said something that blew my mind. Uh, he said that you are a community of people distributed mm. across time. So the stuff that you do today, that's going to affect the person tomorrow. Mm. If I stay up until midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, that's going to affect a Reuben tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if I spend all my money today, that's going to affect the Reuben of next week. If I don't do my workouts, if, uh, you know, just whatever, it is a double-edged sword. So to compound on what you said, you know, who you are today, you can be better tomorrow. You can be better tomorrow because you are the community of people distributed across time. I thought that that was a pretty fascinating thing, so. That's beautiful, Lisa. Hey, let's uh, close things up. I'm appreciative of you stopping by. I'm Um, uh, I will be leaving all of the uh, contact links in the show notes. And until next time, it's onward, always onward. 
As we wrap up this insightful conversation with Kaywano Sizemore, it's clear that the journey to financial intelligence is paved with wisdom, strategic investments, and a commitment to continuous learning. Remember the words of historical figures from Albert Einstein's acknowledgement of compound interest to Warren Buffett's emphasis on self-investment. Kaiwano's dedication to helping others achieve financial empowerment echoes the sentiment of Benjamin Franklin, who believed that an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Our exploration into Kaiwano's experiences serves as a reminder that in the pursuit of success, personal growth is as crucial as financial acumen. Before we sign off, a gentle nudge to explore further strength through my book, Gathering Strength, Everything is Fuel. Find that on Amazon. Uh, we'll leave a link, as mentioned before, to everything, to Kaiwano, to my book. Uh, you can join my Gathering Strength book club on Facebook. Man, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gathering Strength. If you found value in the conversation, don't forget to subscribe. Give me that five-star rating and share a thought in the comments because your engagement fuels my mission to empower and inspire. Until next time, keep gathering your strength. And no matter what happens, it's onward. Always onward. <laughs>